Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. Hey everyone, I am so grateful for all of the downloads, and I'd love a rating on iTunes and a comment. And please subscribe. It helps the show's rating so other people can find it and learn how to age well. And if you are loving the podcast, why not check out the companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. You can access it through my website, NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging. It's based on the Harvard Study of Adult Development, and I'm really proud of how it's turned out. Well, I've got my coffee in my hand and my trusty dog Sparky beside me, so let's begin. Today, my guest is Susan Oren Bertrand, who is the president and founder of Maureen's Hope. She is a tireless supporter for people who have been diagnosed with life-threatening illness, And she's developed many creative ways to help them through their illnesses and treatment. For example, she offers mothers of ill children a spa day and a chance to connect with other mothers facing the same incomprehensible challenge. Uh, As you can imagine, these networks have been enormously beneficial and healing for parents, and she's even provided house cleaning services for patients who are too ill to care for their own homes. This month, Susan will be awarded the 2018 Nonprofit Impact Award. Her interest in supporting very ill patients came after her younger sister, Maureen, lost her two-year battle with cancer. Susan's devotion to this cause is about honoring the memory of her beloved sister. Welcome, Susan. Thank you for chatting with me today, Nicole. I wanted to ask you first how you come up with these creative ideas. I saw that you ask Syracuse University athletes even the the famous basketball team to carry a bead and then you give it to kids to make bracelets with can you can you talk about that well the um beads of courage program that's actually a program that we are involved with that's a national program and when a child's diagnosed with cancer they are given a leather cord, beads that spell out their name, and then for every treatment they go through, every chemo, every x-ray, every radiation, they get a bead that represents that treatment. And we sponsor the program here at Galasano Children's Hospital. Um, probably started, I guess, about nine years ago. And it's, the program is actually in 240 hospitals throughout the world. So the Carry a Bead program is a way that athletes, actually anyone in the community, can get involved and directly share their personal strength and encouragement with a child that's battling cancer. So the idea behind the program is the athlete will pin a bead on before they go out for a practice. Generally, it's a practice, not a game, because with regulations, you can't wear the bead during the game. I see, yes. Um, They pin it on, and then when they come off of, if the field, the ice, whatever sport they're doing, Mm -hmm. there's a little card we give them that they write a note 
to one of the kids in the hospital. So I always tell them, think of how hard you've worked to get to where you are and take that same strength and encouragement and share that with one of these children in the hospital. The bead will then go to the child in the hospital with the note. And then there's another bead in the kit that's on a backpack clip and that's for the person to keep as a reminder of their shared strength. Um, so when they think they're having a tough day and they can look at that little backpack clip with the bead, mm -hmm. they can be reminded of those children that are in the hospital and what they're going through. I, you know, I'm thinking about some of these athletes are uh, not much older than teenagers. Mm -hmm. So in fact, some of them are teenagers. Right. What has it been like for them to be involved in this program? You know what, what I love is when, and we've had, you know, a five-year-old baseball player do the program. We've had professional athletes as well. And what I love is when I see them sit down with the card and, and to take sometimes 10 minutes sitting there with their note, thinking about what they what they want to say. And I always say, this program is really about connection and letting people know that no one fights alone, that you're all, that we're all in this together. And uh, to be able to share some encouragement with someone um, is really a priceless gift. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a win-win for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's a win-win. And we have sponsorships to be involved in the program. So for us, it's not just about awareness. We raise dollars to help fund the programs we do as well. Yeah, I mean, you have been such a tireless um, advocate for you know, supporting people who are ill. And it, how long have, have you been doing this? How long have you put your whole heart into this project? Um, well, I since my sister was diagnosed, mm -hmm. and I always say I love the quote, when we know better, we do better. And I can't say that I had a good understanding of what a family goes through until we went through it ourselves with my sister. She was only 28 when she was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So when she passed away, um, I always say I started the foundation not just out of you know love and hope, but out of anger and so many other feelings. I just needed to do something. And, uh, you know, Maureen's Hope started in my basement. And uh, I always mm -hmm. say everyone's needs are different. And we try to cater to those personal needs. And doing Maureen's Hope is really, it's, it's a privilege for me. It's truly a privilege. Mm -hmm. her, your sister's illness and her passing changed the trajectory of your life in so many different ways. So many ways. Mm -hmm. So many ways. Um, so many ways. And I think one of the hardest parts of it, too, was um, watching my parents lose a child. Mm -hmm. um, it changes them forever. You know, I, I lost a sister and was able to start this foundation with the hopes of healing for my family as well. But I think there's no greater loss than losing a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so many families that uh, are going through this journey. And to be able to do a little something for them. I, mm -hmm. I always say you don't have to do things on a grand scale to make a difference. I think the little things can make a big difference. You know, you're all about the direct care of the patients. It doesn't sound like you get involved in any of the bigger societal questions about, you know, what causes cancer or which cancer or it's about taking care of the people right here and now who have been diagnosed and who are in treatment. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like when my sister was diagnosed, I read every book out there on cancer. 
And then I started to feel like, you know what, I can't rattle my brain with, with, uh, with a cure and how that's going to happen. It's too, I, but what I can do mm-hmm. is on a smaller scope, look at my community, say, what can I do here? Okay, here's a mom with four children going through treatment for breast cancer. Maybe we can send a cleaning service in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe for this gentleman who lives alone and is 78, um, maybe we can bring a snowplow in that someone mm-hmm. takes care of his driveway. Um, we do Easter baskets for the kids in the hospital. My sister's birthday was actually in April. And um, we started this program, I guess, about 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. At Christmas time, people do so much for the kids in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I said, is there anything anyone does at Easter? And they said, no. So we have these beautiful baskets that are made by a volunteer, Karen Anthony. Each basket's probably valued at about $150. They're mm-hmm. made specific for a child, whether it's a toddler, a teen, a boy, or a girl. And the nurses put them in their rooms while they're sleeping. Mm. So you think some of these kids didn't expect to be in the hospital, and they wake up Easter morning, and uh, mm-hmm. so they they were not forgotten by the Easter Bunny. You know mm-hmm. what? That's a big deal when you're six years oh, old. Oh, and the symbol of hope. Yes, mm. yes. That's so beautiful. I, You know, I love your creativity. I think about... You know the the spa day for moms. Can you? T- mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that is like for these women? If I again, you know, the word connection. I always think that I, the most helpful thing when we're going through a hard time sometimes is talking to someone else that's on the same journey or who's been down that road already. So I came up with the idea of the spa day not to just give these moms a day of pampering so they could have a treatment and lunch. And also we worked out a deal that they get a glass of wine or champagne. I would not seal the deal until they gave my girls a glass of wine. Um, But I think just time with other women that can understand what they're going through. So um, we have women that have children that are survivors up to three years out. We have women that have children that were just diagnosed or have been in treatment for two years. And we also have some moms there that have lost a child. And uh, the room is just filled with so much love and understanding. And I feel it allows the women to be vulnerable. I think also when you sometimes come into a room of strangers that have this underlying understanding we're not afraid to be vulnerable and say how we really feel i know when my sister was going through treatment sometimes i didn't want to tell my mom or my brothers how tough it was i didn't want to make Mm -hmm. them feel bad Mm -hmm. so i think them talking with one another and it's not their husband or a sister they're allowed to just open up and share and it's not something that they can talk about you know that that with that much rawness i'm right. sure with a neighbor or a friend who right. really doesn't who doesn't understand the, that mindset or that right. level of pain right so it's uh it's one of it's one of my favorite days and the first year we did it i thought gosh will they come will the women come we did it on a sunday mm-hmm. so that hopefully the dads or a grandparent could stay home with the children mm-hmm. and they came so I think, you know, one mom might text with another mom to see if there's, you know, maybe one other person they know coming. But uh, And they do meet at the hospital, but, you know, they're there with their children, certainly not a time that they want to talk. So uh, it's if they check in, they put their robe and their slippers on. We have coffee. We do introductions. 
Um, I have a girlfriend mm -hmm. that comes and does like a little meditation with them in the morning mm -hmm. and the day and the, the day they're really kind of on their own. We have a few scheduled things, but otherwise you can go sit in the sauna. You mm -hmm. can, you know, you choose the treatment that you want. You can stay for the day and and then hopefully they'll they make some connections that they stay in touch with all year, too. That is it, it's so profound and um such a gift, I think, to have people in such a vulnerable state know that somebody is thinking about them and, and someone gets it and providing this opportunity for them. I mean, it is just a real, uh, it, it's, it's very, very important. Hey there, more of the interview in just a second. Now it's time for a quick shameless plug for my Zestful Aging web course and my newsletter, Breathe, Taste, Savor. Hop on over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging, no spaces, to find out more. And I know that you think about this a lot. You're all about giving people care and I wonder what sustains you. You've been doing this for 10 plus years and how do you keep going when you're surrounded by all of these, you know, very serious diagnoses and all of this, all of this pain? Um, you know what? I think staying positive and being happy takes work. You don't just wake up and mm. feel that way. And you know, I, I journal, I exercise, I, I try to take care of myself, and I think that's so important to be able to, you know, take care of others is taking care of yourself first. And yeah, it's tough work. I, I meet a lot of families going through a lot of adversity, um, but we can't be afraid of that. We can't be afraid of other people's adversities. And um, I, I read a lot of books, inspirational mm. books. Mm -hmm. uh, the event that we have coming up actually on April 29th, it's those types of TED Talks and surrounding yourself with positive people. I I think you have to, you have to work at, at staying positive. Mm -hmm. Put effort into it. Yes. How has your grief changed, your grief for your sister over the years? Are there words you can use to describe the process of your own um, experience grieving for for the loss of of your sister I think you know the the grief process is different for everyone um, certainly I had a lot of anger in the beginning and I always say really I think when I started Maureen's Hope Foundation to be very honest it there was a very selfish part of me that started the foundation because I was looking for healing and I think the best way you can heal yourself is by helping others. And um, I mean, what a gift it turned out to be. But I didn't know what to do with my time, when my with my energy. I mean, I had three children and a husband. Mm -hmm. um, but when you lose someone, there's 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 such a loss in in your every day. So uh, I, um, you know, there's no more anger there with my grief understanding I just I have an understanding mm -hmm. what what has aging been like for you um, switch gears a little bit we're talking a lot about you know the triumphs and the challenges of aging and 
-hmm. And this, you know, your sister's death was about 10 years ago. You're a different woman now. How has aging been for you? Um, one thing I definitely learned from losing my sister was the importance of today, how important it is to live your life today. You never know if you have tomorrow. And, um, and, and taking care of myself, mind, body, spirit, it's so, it's so important. We're all given this body and we have to take care of it. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think we're all at different places in our life. When my children were, were young and I had three little boys at home, I was just trying to get through the day, just trying to get through the day. Is and, it bedtime yet? Right. <laughs> and you know what? If I washed my hair, it was a good day. <laughs> It was a good day. So, yeah. you know, at, at the point I'm at in my life right now, I'm I'm 53. I'm, I'm an empty nester. So life has certainly changed a little bit. And you know what? I took up skiing this year. I've, I haven't skied in 25 years. When my husband and I were first married, I skied a little bit. But I think you have to constantly just try new things in life, put yourself out there, um, You're talking about staying engaged, which we know is a really big part of living well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I said to my husband, I am not going to sit home and watch TV at night. You know, and our used to, weekends used to be filled with, you know, going to hockey games and lacrosse games. And um, I want to stay in the game of life, you know. Mm -hmm. So I run, I bike, I, I ski, I... Um, it's funny, a few of my girlfriends and I just started doing the water walking at the Y at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I remember when I was younger, I used to look at the women that went in the water at the Y and go, oh my God, they think that's exercise. <laughs> and now here we are. Yes. And we bring our yeah. pajamas with us and we take a shower at the end and put our pajamas on and go home at 9.30 in our pajamas from the Y. Yes, I am that person. <laughs> um, but this way we're getting exercise, we're chatting, I and that. I know, yes. And are these, are your friends um, associated with Maureen's Hope, or are they different, a different group? Um, you know what, I have to say, I think every friend I have is somehow involved with Maureen's Hope Foundation, mm -hmm. and share in my passion, and I share in theirs as well. Um, and I'm very fortunate, I'm very fortunate, yeah, I have a wonderful wonderful tribe around me and I will say I I've always had girlfriends in my life but I don't think I realized how important they were until after I lost my sister because she was my person um, I, I know I should be saying my husband's my person and he's my person too of 30 years but you know female relationships I had my sister and when she died I really I, I needed strong women in my life it sounds like when she died, you had to redefine your whole identity. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was, you know, when her and her husband got married, they moved here so that we could be by each other. They, she was very much a part of my life. Mm -hmm. She, we shared the same parents, the same grandparents, the same childhood. Um, losing her was very, very tragic for me. But you know what? It's, we all face adversities in life. And, uh, and it's what makes you stronger. And, you know, this life on earth is just a small, small little piece. What are you, um, what are you wanting for your foundation in the future? What, what is the plan and what's your wish for uh, where it can go and how it can de develop further? 
you know, I'll tell you, I have a wonderful board of people and we sit down and we make business plans three years out, five years out, 10 years out. I'm not very good at that because I am such a, you know, what is today? Mm -hmm. um, I never want to lose the community feel for Maureen's Hope. Um, most of our programs, everything except for the Beads of Courage program, is community-based right here in central New York. I connect with every family we help. I never want to lose that. Why is that so important for you, Susan? Um, I think people appreciate that. I think, you know, to our, our baskets, we've done over 2,500 baskets for people, each one made specific for that person. And I don't put the form on my website. You don't just fill the form out and email it to me. You have to connect with me first. I want to know who is this person that we're doing the basket for? What do they really need? What will help them? Mm -hmm. And uh, So it's such a personal, intimate it connection. Is. It is. And and I love that. And I we were talking earlier, and I said... I. Connection is vital to our existence. You know, we need we need water, we need food, we need shelter, but we need connection. And loneliness is a big problem, and especially when you're when you're going through an illness. And I used to see my sister, you know, in her room at Sloan Kettering, and you know, I would leave to go out to grab a bite to eat, and we're in New York City, and you'd see the whole world going on out there. And she was in her room, and. And I think she felt like, gosh, does anybody know I'm here? Mm -hmm. What I'm going through for months and months. Mm -hmm. And um, you need to feel a little piece of that outside world. And I think sometimes kindness from a stranger can mean so much. We expect it from our families and our friends. And so I like to be that little stranger out there in the world. And we have a youth club made up of about 80 kids that will go out and rake leaves or you know, clear a driveway and get involved. I love getting the youth involved in Maureen's Hope. Kids want to do something. Our youth are amazing. We just need to give them the opportunity. And the whole idea of doing something for others, I think, you know, many people are are making the observation that through the younger generation are sort of self, uh, just very self-absorbed and it's sort of the me generation. But it sounds like for you, you really want to bring that appreciation to them of, you know, there are people right. who are less fortunate, they're right. suffering, and um, what can you do to be of service? Right. And I, I love the younger kids, and I think mm -hmm. they want to do something. They just don't know what to do. We need to give them those opportunities and you know, we've done Christmas caroling, and the way we get the word out is we have a couple kids send a text out, and I'll have 60 kids show up at my office, and we go out caroling. We have a little boy who lived around the corner that was going through treatment, had been in the hospital for two Christmases, and to have 60 kids show up at his house oh, caroling, wow. um, priceless. That's right, and it's really good for them, too to feel that they are helpful and to feel like they're, right. you know, giving of themselves. It's a win-win. That's really beautiful. Tell us about your fundraising event in April. What's that going to be about? So it's called I Believe. It's at the Palace Theater from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. It's our third year having the event. And I price it at only $25 because I feel many of these events are too affordable for the average person to attend um, and we want to be inclusive of a large audience. We um, have 
really it's it's kind of like a couple of TED talks. We have four different lineups of speakers. We have some music. We have dance. We have uh, we'll have some ice cream, a little wine. Um, <laughs> You're covering all the bases. You know what? Right, <laughs> ignite all of your senses. So, and I, I, you know, we had I think probably 300 to 400 people the past two years. And, you know, when I tell my board about the event, sometimes they're like, Sue, is this a fundraiser? How are you making money with only $25 a ticket? But um, this year we have sponsorship opportunities and we have an event sponsor. And what our sponsorships are allowing is us to offer tickets to other not-for-profits so that they can invite people in the community that they serve. Because we have 700 seats at the Palace Theater. I'd rather have people in those seats mm -hmm. than not. Um, and when you asked me earlier, you know, how do you, how do you stay positive? You, it's through things like this. And we, I think we all just need to fill our vessel and then go out in the world and have a ripple effect on other people. And so this is kind of one little way to come together as a community. We have high school kids there, college kids there, all ages, all genders. And um, I, yeah. I hope for another successful event this year. Yeah. I bet it's a lot of work for you to coordinate. Um, you know, I enjoy. I enjoy doing it, though. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. And I every year I get a little more help, and, you know, we're able to do a little more. And uh, really, our only expenses is a, a minimal cost to use the Palace Theater. All the speakers, everyone involved is donating their time. Mm -hmm. And how can people find out more about the event? They, they can go on your website and... And yep. learn more. We have information on our website, and you can purchase tickets through Eventbrite's. Um, you know, we also have I have tickets here. We have tickets at Lacey's Tapas Bar or Dynamic Health and Fitness, where a few of our speakers are from. And uh, we have a great lineup of speakers, and I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. Anything else you'd like to add before we end today? Anything you'd like to tell the the women who are Sort of uh, middle aged and over listening to the podcast. Any any other message that you'd like to give them? Um, oh, I wish I had something really profound to say right <laughs> now. <laughs> um, I, I always say we have so much to learn from each other. So I, how nice that you do these podcasts and have an opportunity for people to just learn a little bit about others and what they're doing mm -hmm. to, to be inspired. We have mm -hmm. to continually, you know, inspire ourselves. Um, and learn about what others are doing. Be involved. Our passions are all so different, and usually it's based on what our experience is, what, our, what adversities we went through in life. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a good world out there. Mm -hmm. It's a good world. Susan, you're such an inspiration, and I think people will really appreciate hearing about your story and what has come out of your sister's illness and death. So... I really want to thank you for joining me today, and I'm going to put up your website um, on the notes so people can find you, and I wish you the best of luck at the event and with your foundation. Thank you very much, Nicole. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. Please subscribe comment, and rate me on iTunes. I love those five stars. Like and share. Those actions help other people find the show. And I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. 
want more zest, head over to NicoleChristina.com forward slash zestful aging, no spaces, where you can find my companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.